You're with Cape Talk. 11.08 now. In a Time magazine article, I think it goes back to around 2018, Dr. Tunji a former cardiologist and chair of the Rotary International Polio Eradication Program in Nigeria, said that they were in a hurry to make sure that no more children became paralyzed. A very clear purpose, very clear focus. In August 2020, Nigeria was officially declared polio-free, and this eliminated the virus from its final frontier in Africa. Now, recognizing this fundamental role that was played by Dr. Funcho, he was last year named as one of Time's 100 most influential people. So in the early 20th century, right, polio was responsible for paralyzing hundreds of thousands of children every year. Polio or poliomyelitis, uh, it's a very disabling and life-threatening disease caused by the polio virus, which spreads from person to person and can infect a person's spinal cord, leading to this paralysis that we spoke of. Now, in 1985, Rotary International launched a global effort to immunize the world's children against polio, which was followed by the establishment of the Global uh, Polio Eradication Initiative, others uh, known as the GPEI, and that was in 1988. And at the time, polio was paral- um, polio um, paralyzed about a thousand children worldwide every single day. And we're going to talk about the journey to this eradication, um, and it takes true leadership. And always, I say always a pleasure, it's the first time I'm chatting to Dr. Tunji Fonshaw, but um, it's always a pleasure chatting to people of this caliber that has made such a difference and have such an impact in society. So, Dr. Tunji Fonshaw, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you for having me on your program. And, uh, I mean, this is a, a phenomenal journey. Um, you know, I can talk about what it may, maybe maybe the best place to start before we even talk about the journey to achieving it. It what what does having a polio free certification mean for the African continent? Oh, it, it's it's uh, uh, it, it, it it has to be looked on you know from you know uh, uh, different angles. Well, the most important is that. No child would ever again be paralyzed, you know, by the wild polio virus. Uh, and that is humongous uh, because the program so far in Africa has saved 1.8 million children uh, since the program started from being paralyzed by mm-hmm. the wild polio virus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from that angle, it is a humongous uh, uh, success. Uh, um, but the other one, of course, is that the huge amount of resources that, you know, so far have been uh, used in order to eradicate polio from Africa can now be used, you know, by governments and partners in, in, uh, in tackling, you know, our very poor uh, primary health care infrastructure yeah. so that, you know, other, you know, basic diseases, you know, uh, also will stop afflicting, you know, our people across the continent of Africa. Yeah. I think broadly, those are the two main things, apart from, you know, uh, the opportunity now to, to sleep, you know, with uh, uh, one eye open instead of both eyes open, as we had to do in order to ensure polio, uh, you know, is out of Africa. I think we can, you know, uh, breathe a sigh of relief that mm. the wild polio virus is no more on a continent, but we still need to keep watch to make sure it doesn't come back through the back door.
you 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 talk about these resources that can now be used to tackle you know the other the issues that we have and um i mean primary healthcare is essential um community level healthcare is essential because if you don't pick right. up, I mean, even cutting a simple, um, um, simple umbilical cord should be an easy task. But if you do so incorrectly, you cause infections, right. that then escalates to a hospital, right. right? So these are the sort of things that we yeah. need to we need to deal with on the ground, right? Very, very simple things, you know, that can be tackled, you're quite correct, at the primary healthcare level. Uh, and of course, you're referring to another situation where, you know, uh, immunization does help to curb, you know, uh, a, a disease like tetanus, you know, that yes. can arise from a child on black alcohol, you know, being, uh, 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 you know, uh, cut without, yes. you know, a good, you know, hygienic environment and, and, and taking the right processes to make sure, mm. you know, that it's sanitary. So uh, that is where the bulk of our efforts should now be, uh, because even with polio, um, we, we have used uh, mass immunization campaigns to bridge the gap between uh, the routine immunization level and where we need to be, you know, you know, to get to a level of immunity where uh, even if the virus comes back, the chances of a child being infected is quite low. And routine immunization is key. And where do we get routine immunization? It's at the primary healthcare level. Absolutely. And so our major effort now will be to assist uh, the government in ensuring that, you know, primary health care infrastructure, you know, is, is uh, improved and, and uh, resources are redirected in that direction so that the children will now get the polyimmunization through routine immunization yep. rather than through mass immunization campaigns. Exactly, because your I mean, if you don't deal with it there, your hospitals downstream um, are going to, that's where the bottlenecks take place and everybody's trying to get in when we could have dealt with everything at a community level. But I want to, I really want to talk right. about your journey. So you are a former cardiologist and, you know, uh, what made you want to tackle polio per se? I mean, what, where was that tipping point for you? Well, uh, just, you know, uh, fortuitously, I, I, I joined, you know, Rotary in 1985 when, when this program was being rolled out. Um, uh, that is, you know, the, the efforts, you know, by Rotary International to eradicate polio started in 1985. Right. Uh, and as you said correctly, about 1,000 children were being paralyzed by the wild polio virus across the world. Mm. Uh, and being the only physician in my club, you know, the, the, the mantle of leading uh, the effort at my club level, you know, uh, fell on me uh, to become the club's, you know, polio chair. And that is how my journey started. Okay. And of course, you know, as you go along the line with this kind of programs and you see the magnitude, you know, of the challenges, uh, you get more and more sucked in uh, to ensure that, you know, you contribute the best that you can uh, to eradicate polio. So... Um, about 10 years ago now, when Rotary International asked me to head the efforts, you know, for polio eradication in Nigeria, mm-hmm. uh, I was coming to the end of my active uh, professional life. Uh, so I decided to pick up the mantle and uh, here we are um, with the efforts of uh, thousands of Rotarians in Nigeria mm-hmm. across Africa who have been able to uh, achieve the feat of um, ensuring that uh, we've had no case of white polio virus in the country now going to five years. 
Now, you see what I, what I love about what you're saying. By the way, for those who've just tuned in, Dr. Tunji Funshaw is our guest, is a former cardiologist, and most recently, Dr. Funshaw was last year, as a matter of fact, named as one of Time's most 100, well, 100 most influential people. Um, and why? Because he played an instrumental role in eliminating polio from Nigeria and Africa. In essence, that was in August uh, 2020. Nigeria was officially declared polio free. You talk about thousands of people and there, there are always some lessons to be learnt in hindsight when looking at this particular journey. Um, obviously, I'm sure it wasn't plain sailing, but what are the key lessons that you've learnt from this particular journey to eradicate polio? Um, I didn't get the last last. Session. Oh, sorry, I broke up there. Now, I just wanted to know, uh, mm. Dr. Funshaw, uh, what were the, the key lessons that you've learnt? You know, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Oh. So let's talk a little bit about the 2020 when it comes to um, you assisting yes. along with thousands of people to eradicate polio. polio. Yes, I think one, one of our biggest lessons uh, uh, is, uh, is also applicable to uh, the challenges we find ourselves now uh, with COVID-19 mm-hmm. is that we, 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 we did not appreciate the fact that even when you bring in something uh, that is valuable, uh, like uh, vaccines that would prevent children being paralyzed, you need to educate the people, you know, about the benefits, you know, the vaccines and the safety and efficacy and what, you know, how rigorous it is to bring a vaccine onto the market. And, and, the, and the history of vaccines, as far as preventing disease, <clears throat> uh, is, you know, for the last uh, three centuries. Uh, and that is why, initially, one of our challenges, you know, were, you know, were anti-vaccine campaigns uh, against the oral polio vaccine that set us back uh, in the early 2000s, you know, by about two, three years. So that is one, you know, major lesson. You know, the, the other great lesson really is that um, uh, when a group of people uh, come together with a common vision and passion and are willing to put in the resources mm. uh, to achieve, you know, that goal, uh, that goal, you know, uh, will be achieved. And that, that is one of the other big lessons that uh, yeah. has come out of our uh, polio eradication efforts in, in the world, really, no, uh, sure. but in recent times in Africa. Absolutely. Now, when you look at, you mentioned COVID-19 and the challenges that we have. I mean, how do you feel about those people saying, well, we shouldn't be taking the virus? Look, there were six blood clots in America. Um, I mean, and we're, I think we're at pains to point out that this is one in a million. <laughs> and then we still have to figure out whether or not those blood clots were as a result of the virus that they took in the first place. How do you feel about uh, right. pe- people with, a, with, a, with, a, with the anti-vax uh, agenda at the moment? Well, you know, again, you know, partially, partially, uh, uh, it is part of the lessons we've learned. You know that uh, we 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 didn't anticipate this. We should have prepared the ground enough. You know, for people to realize that uh, the process of bringing a vaccine onto the market is very rigorous. It is not left in the hand of manufacturers. You know, along the line, you know, you know, various independent specialists. Uh, do, you know, keep an eye on what is going on uh, and do advise WHO and also the various drug regulating agencies in various countries like uh, 
in Nigeria, we have NAVDAC. Uh, in the UK, you know, they have another organization in the US. Uh, they have uh, the uh, Food and Drug Administration and so on. Mm. And these are not experts that are beholden to pharmaceutical companies. Uh, because yeah. before you can get onto these boards, um, you have to declare your interests. So that is one. It is very rigorous. Of every hundred people should know. For every oh, we've lost Dr. Funcho. What an interesting interview. Let's see if we can get him back. Uh, we've lost the line with Dr. Funcho there, Dr. Tunji Funcho, um, the man who headed this particular drive to rid Africa of polio, and they managed to do so by August 2020. And we're going to get him back, and once we get him on, um, we'll continue this conversation with him. Um, I think it's a very interesting one. Sorry, I think, uh, you know, as cell phone lines and, and uh, te- I, telephone lines go. You know. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Sorry, you were saying there, Doctor, we missed the last part of your sentence there. Yes. Now, I was, I was saying that, you know, of 100 vaccine candidates, mm. in other words, vaccines that are, you know, produced in the lab um, yes. uh, for, for particularly in the case of COVID, you know, this time, only about seven of them will get, you know, to uh, be tried in the laboratory on animals mm. and then get to clinical trials. Yes. And of those that get to clinical trials, uh, on, only uh, about uh, 20% will eventually get uh, uh, licensing, you know, to be used on humans. So the mortality rate is high because the, the process is very rigorous and, of course, quite expensive as well. Yes. So I think if we could, you know, let people appreciate... Uh, these facts, you know, uh, and that over centuries we know vaccines work. I mean, there's no debate about that whatsoever. We know from, from our experience now with polio, you know, that uh, we have uh, reduced the number of cases from uh, 1,000 every day to, to about 140 in, in, in year 2020 uh, a year, from 1,000 a day to 140 a year. So wow. we know vaccines work. So I think we need to push that so that people appreciate, you know, the fact that, you know, vaccines don't just, you know, uh, come onto the market without a very, very rigorous process what would of you ensuring s- their safety and efficacy. Now, what would you say, though, to the people who might not be anti-vaxxers, but they say, well, hold on, this is a world record when it comes to putting vaccines together. Surely something must have slipped through the cracks and could affect us, and therefore I don't feel like taking it. Well, uh, you know, I, I can say, you know, it's like, you know, a, 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 a pre-cooked meal. Uh, the mm. science has been there, you know, uh, coronavirus, a lot of work has been done on coronaviruses. Yes. Um, and the new technology that is being used just helps you jumpstart this process, you know, by almost five years, you know, because the, 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 the mRNA vaccines in particular, yeah. uh, uh, are a new innovation in, 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 in medical you know, science and technology. Yes. Uh, it doesn't take you know, any time you know, to produce them. As against when we used to uh, use, uh, like in, in the case of you know, the uh, oral polio vaccine, we use uh, what we call attenuated you know, uh, vaccines, yes. which, which means the viruses have been, you know, you know, the, 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 the ability to cause infection has been reduced. Yes. Uh, it takes, it goes over, you know, a lot of stages to get that attenuation done. 
But with mRNA, you, do, you, you jump that stage. Uh, and that is why um, it's like a, a, a cold meal that you put in the microwave to get warm again. That is if you, like, if you love microwave. You yes. know, food. But <laughs> yes. that is the thing. It is already pre-prepared. So all, all that was required, really, uh, is to go to clinical trials and see, is it, you know, efficient and is it safe? And once you're able to go through those phases, and because the COVID-19 was, you know, in such large numbers, it was not difficult to get volunteers Yes, who it can be tested on. Unlike other diseases that it takes you many, many, many months to even get a 1,000 cases. Yes. yes. So that is another, you know, reason why it, is, it was very easy to get, you know, through phase one to phase three clinical trials. There are so many cases within a short period of time that, you know, getting volunteers and testing those volunteers over time, which in this case about three months for most of them, um, yeah. makes it easy for you time-wise. Otherwise, you know, uh, in the case of polio, um, I may mention that, mm. you know, we, we have a new vaccine to combat vaccine-derived polio cases. And it took a long time because there are not mm. that many polio cases in the world yes. to do trials on. So you have to wait until you get, you know, a, a large enough number of cases in an Correct. environment to test them on. Correct. So COVID-19 provided the, the perfect environment to bring a vaccine out in very, very quick time. This is, I'm so glad you're giving us this detail. Um, you know, there are lots of people, and conspiracy theories end up killing people at the end of the day, literally, because some people buy into it and right. could potentially lose their lives, right? Um, so so where, to, right. where to from here with you? By the way, Times, one of Time Magazine's most, well, influential people in the top 100 is Dr. Tunji Foncho. He's our guest. He's in uh, Lagos, Nigeria, and he assisted by thousands of people um, you know, across the country, have managed to eradicate polio in August 2020. I mean, a phenomenal feat indeed. Where are you going to be focusing your attention? You don't sound like the type of person that's keen on retiring. So um, where, where, where are you going to be focusing your attention next? Is it going to be primary health care? Well, uh, right now, our work is not done with polio. Yeah, uh, okay. Right now, my focus in Nigeria is to keep polio at zero in Nigeria. Okay. Yes. But uh, because this is an international effort, you know, uh, uh, whatever resources I and other Rotarians can bring to bear to ensure that we see the last cases of polio in Pakistan and Afghanistan, mm. so that we can get, you know, to the end of the journey of world eradication of polio. Okay. That is where all my energies are going to be focused. Absolutely. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. But what an honor chatting to you, Doctor. Uh, I look forward to you visiting uh, Cape Town sometime. You should really... Thank you very much. I'll really be delighted. Come around for a cup of tea or coffee or whatever it is that you prefer. But uh, a wonderful chat. And well done, by the way, on your achievements, backed by thousands of other people um, who also assisted you to eradicate polio. Thank you very much indeed. Have a wonderful day. Dr. Tun, uh, Dr. Tunji Funcho, um, former cardiologist and chair of Rotary International's Polio Eradication Program uh, in Nigeria. But